And a very, very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live, the first Friday edition, June 5th, 2020. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. And we're happy to be here on this. Uh, it's raining out now, you're sitting. I know. I know, but Rainy. that's okay. Mm-hmm. It water my flowers that are struggling to grow, but we're going to head into three gorgeous days, so we're anxious to talk to Jim to get the real report. Yeah. Well, that rain we had the other day. Um, Blew half the neighborhood away. <laughs> I know, but it, there was a name for that. There was a, an idea. There was it's a, a derechio, derechio, derechio. We'll have to ask Jim about that. The derechio. I never heard that term. Widespread, long-lived windstorm that is associated with a band of rapidly moving showers or thunderstorms. Yeah, that was moving like ninety miles an hour across the state. Well, pretty much half a tornado. I've been calling it. We had half a tornado yeah. the other day. Well, we have branches down there. I know. I know. I got to clean up that driveway. Well. Mm-mm. Anyway, we're happy you're here, friends, and we do have a lovely program for you today. We're going to be joined in just a little bit by the Bishop of Trenton, Bishop O'Connell, uh, to kind of give us an update on the diocese here. And then uh, later on, next hour, a very, very important topic right now because we know about all the situation happening with the coronavirus and, and the many deaths. But a, a, a result of that, they're saying now the suicide rate has drastically increased, but we have a wonderful priest, Father Chris Alar, is going to join us, and he's written a book called After Suicide, and it's really about hope, and um, mm-hmm. the church is teaching on suicide, and, and uh, for those who are left behind, of course, for the soul, him or herself, uh, great hope, but and then also for those who are left behind, kind of and help them through. Actually, as I was flipping through the book, not just for that particular focus group, but anyone who has suffered any type of loss mm. and to help you on that journey of your grieving process and the climb out of, you know, the despair and our Catholic faith gives us such great hope. So it's, I think it'll be a, a good teaching from Father and, and a mm-hmm. good book. Mm. All right. And we have music, of course, and talk. Jim's going to be here with the weather a little later on. We're going to play Name That Catholic Tune so you can win a fabulous prize by joining in and playing along. Well, first, we're going to pray, and uh, we do have an update on our young friend Maria. I got an, a text from her dad today. Said Maria is off the ventilator and breathing on her own. Miracle. So, considering where she was at the beginning of the week, mm. just miracle after miracle, and keep the prayers coming. And I know they're praying a special novena for her. I have our to Lady look it up. Of hope. Our Lady of Hope. Well, there the mm-hmm. I guess that's the theme of today's program is hope. Yes. Uh, so um, we'll share a little bit of that with you, how to get that, because the family's asking to pray that prayer, uh, mm-hmm. that novena prayer. Um, so we'll pray for that uh, on all of your intentions, my friends, whatever they are. And we're praying the prayer uh, our Holy Father gave us, praying for an end to the pandemic, which it looks like it looks like it's, it's on its way out anyway. Yes, at least according to the numbers. Yeah. Um, your sister was here earlier, and, and Janet said the other day, maybe just yesterday, in New Jersey, there were just seven new mm. cases. Mm. And remember when it was hundreds a day were emerging. Right. And now, and, and we know, what is it, 99.9% recovery anyway. So, I mean. I, and I also saw that um, there are, I think, six different companies now that the president has contracted with or however that works out um, with a vaccine that they're saying could be available in September. Right. And right. what they're doing is very smart as they're doing these, you know, they go through all these tests to get FDA approval. As they're going through the approval process, they're also manufacturing multiple, like millions of doses mm-hmm. so that 
when, hopefully when, not if, but when the uh, vaccine is approved by the FDA, they'll already have all these millions of doses ready to be distributed. Right. It's been a crazy oh, year. Pray it away, but how beautiful it was. Well, we, we want to pray, but just a quick note, and I think you mentioned it this week on your show, when the Pope was in the empty Vatican Square and he prayed the rosary. Mm-hmm. That's the turnaround. Saturday, that was last the Saturday. Turning point for all those cases to just drop. Oh, that was the holy hour. I mean. the whole, yeah, oh, the holy right, hour. Right, mm-hmm. In Italy, that back in March. Miraculously, mm-hmm. so. And Italy's, they're saying now it's not even clinically there anymore. So no, no. So the <laughs> Italy's power opening of prayer. Up. Oh my friends. Amen. So let's begin, my friends, as we begin all good things. That is in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We'll pray the prayer Pope Francis gave us. Oh Mary. You shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick, who at the foot of the cross were united with Jesus' suffering and persevered in your faith. You know our needs, and we know that you will provide so that as at Cana in Galilee, joy and celebration may return after this time of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the will of the Father and to do what Jesus tells us for He took upon himself our suffering and burdened himself with our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. And we'll pray the prayer to St. Michael and also the Subtum Presidium prayer as Holy Father asked to pray for, uh, to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, Archangel, defend us us in in battle, battle. be Be our our protection protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. devil. May May God God rebuke rebuke him, we humbly pray. pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray, pray for, for us. us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray, pray for, for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray, pray for, for us. us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray, pray for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And I just want to make a quick correction. Mm-hmm. Janet sent me a, a quick text. Okay, Janet, neither you nor I will be the health commissioner this coming election. Um, it was seven new cases just in Somerset County. Oh, not, Somerset. Not seven mm-hmm. cases for New Jersey total. Mm-hmm. Okay. We don't want to share any fake news. You know? No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, Janet. Uh, well, it's good, 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 good that uh, Janet's listening. That's and right. straightening us out. And here. that we know that we're going out there because <laughs> now you have your headset on, but I could hear the rain pounding on the roof I do and hear the it. thunder. Yeah. I thought it was like getting feedback. I hear it up. A, yeah, it's. Well, you know, uh, we had. Uh, well, actually, you, you had an idea for, you know, we have our text line open in case you want to text us at any time during the program. Um, but you had a suggestion for a. A question to put out there? Is that... Yes, just, and we love to hear from you. So imagine that tomorrow everything was just, you woke up and everything was normal and there was no pandemic. And all this was a bad dream. Yeah, and you woke up and although we've kind of been locked in for three months, what's the first thing that you would do? Get a haircut? A lot go of the, the women, a lot of the women would get the haircut. A lot of women. And go get to their the hair mall. colored. <laughs> Or uh, go to the movies. Now there's something that's just been shut down, mm-hmm. and and can they come back? So what's the first thing you would do tomorrow? Go out to a restaurant, Jim. What would you do? Let's first say tomorrow thing? you woke up and uh, just everything's hunky dory. Let's go. What? 
I guess I'm just still in like my normal routine, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, we, I, I would say, uh, oh, there'd be a baseball game on to watch. <laughs> yeah, baseball. But we haven't been to restaurants, and we would probably too often go in and just enjoy a meal mm-hmm. out, you mm-hmm. know. And, yeah, we would enjoy that. Yeah. But yeah, I think, actually, I know what, forget that. You know what I, the first thing I would do? Go hug those grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. That's what I would do. Forget yes. all the rest of the stuff. The babies. Go hold, hold those babies in our arms. That's what we're missing the did, most. Are you did, kidding? <laughs> did you see that funny post on Facebook? It's It's gone berserk, and I spend too much time on there, I confess. But there was um, a grandmother who dressed up in a huge unicorn costume. Did you see that? No. A big... <laughs> I don't know what website you go to. <laughs> well, it looked like a life-size... It wasn't on the Catholic News website. No, no, life-size unicorn. And she went to the grandchildren, of course, protected by layers and layers of fluffy fabric, and she hugged her grandchildren. Oh, because she was a unicorn. Because, yeah, they didn't know who it was. Didn't she scare the kid? <laughs> Eight-foot unicorn. Come give me a hug. <laughs> so we got to think of something no, I, if I, this goes on much longer. No, that's oh. the thing. Think of it. Just think about that. Of all those things. Hug the babies. Hug the babies. So give the number. Oh, yeah. If you have, what would you do? What's the What would you thing? do? 609-493-8255. That's the text number. 609-493-8255. And... Uh, if you have the first thing you would do, if all this was just not here, over, what's the first thing you would do? 609-493-8255. Write that number down or put it in your phone because that's that's our text number. That's our a contest call-in line when you're playing uh, uh, Name That Catholic Tune or Saint of the Day. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a good number to have. Line. Sure. Is it the prayer line, too? No. Already you got a, I think you already got a a comment here. Uh, Hug and kiss my grandchildren. Yes. And a few squeezes too. Aww. So isn't that, probably all the the grannies and grandpas out there thinking the same thing. (laughs) That's most of our listening audience, I think. (laughs) We're in that, we're in that group now, so. All right, so we have two for hug and kiss the grandkids. Sure, sure. Can't beat that. I think hair might win, though. I mean, for the ladies, the hair. I'm might seeing win. some pretty creative hairstyles and coloring. We all look like you know the Bride of Frankenstein with the big gray strip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or a skunk with the stripe down, down the down center. The stripe, oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're not really getting gray, are you? I don't well, see any gray over there. You're not coloring your hair. No, obviously. I've got a little gray. It's kind of underneath right yeah, now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you have a little gray. Hair. A little gray. I'm letting it all just go white. <laughs> That's my natural color. It's, it just comes out white now, I know. which you're, is great. You're lucky. Yeah, just you the, don't have to go through that transitionary phase where you just have like white. streaks. Yeah. Just like, uh, and it's the fashion now. Is have, it? Yeah, the white hair. Oh, really? It so is. I guess I set the, I set the bar there. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of bars, now. Yeah. Huh? You can't go to bars yet. At least not now. People are listening around the world and across the nation, but in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, you cannot. You can't go to bars, but no. the liquor stores here in Jersey are open. Yeah. Never closed. No, they, they kept never, their priorities. They never closed. <laughs> and our friends right next door, we have luck, luck, so blessed. We have uh, King's Pizza and and the wine store there. Everything you need. <laughs> it's all there. Never closed. All right. Well, I tell you what. You know, as I said, uh, we're going to have a lovely program lined up. Bishop O'Connell will be here in just a few minutes to share uh, some news with us about uh, what's happening here in the diocese. 
Uh, later on, uh, Jim will be here at the weather. We're going to play Name That Catholic Tune. And then late, later on next hour, Father Chris Alar is going to join us, and uh, he's written a book called After Suicide. He's a, a Marian priest. He's the director of the shrine up there, the yes. priest, the order up there in uh, Stockbridge. So Father Chris will be joining us. And you know we had a group go up there. Was it this past September yes. or October? Mm-hmm. So I wonder. I don't remember meeting Young guy. Him. Young guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't remember, but... Um, we are going to go back there, and it's just such a beautiful campus. So this time I'll get to look him up. Yeah, he said. He Divine said, mercy. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, let's see. Oh, again, if you have, uh, if would like to participate in our text uh, survey, whatever you want to call it, uh, if uh, all of this coronavirus stuff was over now and all the lockdowns were done and the whole place was opened up, what's the first thing you would do? You know what? A lot of people think about this, too. Church. Mass, sure. Yeah. Mass. Go to Mass. Yeah. Go to confession. So, yeah. <laughs> I know. Oy, oy, oy. Mm. So Although the some, number... conf- some people are having, after the bishop, some people are having confessions. Yeah. Drive-through confession? No, no, no. Regular, regular. Oh, no, like in the church normal? Yeah. Okay. I think over in Pennsylvania, George was telling me that uh, he's been over to the confession over at St. Ignatius, one of those parishes okay. over there. Mm-hmm. Well, you're behind the screen. Right. You're protected, right. I suppose. And you always sit distance when you're in line for confession, right? you got to stay back. You don't want to hear and sure. interrupt anyone's yeah. personal space. Yeah. It's six foot anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So the number is 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. You can text us with what you would do. Now, the first thing you would do when this whole coronavirus if it were over today, tomorrow, what would you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back with Bishop O'Connell. So stay where you are, my friend. There's more to come on Friday Live. So 
All right, well, welcome back, friends. Thanks for being with us here today on this first Friday, June. First Friday, June 5th already. My goodness, where is the time gone? But we want to welcome to the program a wonderful friend of ours and yours, the Bishop of Trenton, Bishop O'Connell. Hi, Bishop. How are you? Hey, Jim. How are you doing? How's everybody today? Oh, good. So good to hear your voice, Bishop. You too, Cheryl. How you been? All right? Okay. I can't complain about a thing. Well, I could, but what's the point? I don't listen. Are you practicing now? You're going to be playing music again soon? Yes, I am so thankful. And I've been doing, just the last couple of weeks, some of those, um, what do you call it, live stream website masses, Uh you know, in a very simple way. But this weekend, uh, we are starting to have some people come back into the church. We're in the Diocese of Metuchen, as you know. And then next weekend, yeah. we go back to our full mass schedule. However, uh, you're in the Diocese of Metuchen. Metuchen, right. Yeah. And, but maybe a third capacity. But yeah, it, limited capacity, right. yeah. But we're climbing out of the darkness, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's been gradual, but it's, uh, it's very important that we be careful and we don't, you know, subject people to risk. There's so much we know and so much we don't know about this virus. And, Still. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you listen to the media. Uh, and you get a different report every time you turn on the uh, the television and go online, you know. Right. So uh, we just have to see how this thing plays out. But I, I'm delighted here in the Diocese of Trenton to to have been able to announce that we will begin the limited in-church public masses. Uh, weekdays actually are starting on Monday on the 8th, and uh, this, of course, will be limited to 25 people. Uh, and then uh, for the Feast of Corpus Christi, which is very appropriate for uh, for this new beginning, uh, we're about 30% of the church, or about a third of the church uh, occupancy for it. So gradually we're working our way back to it, you know. But it's still dangerous. It's still very contagious and something we got to be, be really very cautious about. Right. It's better to err on the side of caution than get us, you know, rewinding the tape to back where we started a couple months ago. Exactly. Exactly. It's uh, it's it's been a it's been lo- long and it's been painful and mm. we've been waiting and waiting and hungering for the Eucharist and now we'll have an opportunity to restore. And you know, people can spread it out during the week, you know, because the dispensation is still in effect. So the Sunday obligation, the Holy Day obligation, it, it continues to be offered to the faithful. Um, I said in my directives till September the seventh, which is the day after Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see. By that time, I'm hoping that uh, so much of this will be cleared up and we'll be able to move forward. So clarify that, if you will, um, the dispensation as if, if you feel vulnerable or, or fearful. No, no. The dispensation is for everyone. There's oh. no conditions on it. Okay. You, you, the dispensation is for everybody. And the dispensation, was grant, the bishop can grant it for his diocese. You know, as we do sometimes during the winter when it's a state of emergency or there's a very bad storm, you know, rather than having people coming out in the big storm to be careful and protect them. So once we got news of the virulence of this Mm -hmm. virus, bishops throughout the country were uh, each in their own individual diocese making pretty much the same decision to dispense the faithful from the obligation to attend mass. That doesn't mean you can't. Okay. doesn't mean you can't watch it on live stream. doesn't mean you can't pray with the mass as it's being celebrated on a live stream or on the radio, but it means you, you don't have the obligation to attend. Okay. And uh, it, that's not conditional. It's not, you know, 
if you're over 65 or if you're uh, have diabetes, you know, there's no conditions put on that. That obligation is for all the faithful. I see. And Bishop, did you have any particular directives from yourself to your pastors on how to do this? You mentioned the first uh, masses could be 25 people. How are there suggestions and suggested ways? No, that, uh, because there, you know it would be it would be virtually impossible for me because we have 100 parishes. Every parish is of different size, different style, different setup. You know, some of them have very tiny sanctuaries, uh, and some of them are large, like, for example, the Co-Cathedral or the Cathedral in Trenton. So I asked the pastors, I says, I'm giving you several weeks' notice so that you can get together with the staff that you need and come up with a, a good practical uh, way to, to handle this. But I, I, it was, would be impossible to me for decide for a hundred churches, how each church is going to respond. Mm-hmm. Better for the pastors, because they're there all the time. Mm-hmm. How about confessions? Are they are they going to be allowed again, or are they, hey, maybe they have well, been? confessions right? were never—they we, were never disallowed. They mm-hmm. were never—confessions uh, uh, were always possible, and the, the directive that I sent out long ago was uh, as needed. You know, if a person feels the need to go to confession, they should go to confession. Mm-hmm. And all they had to do was contact their priests— and I'm sure the priests were very happy to be able to to offer the sacrament. Uh, but but I provided some directives here uh, as as we move forward, not only with public masses, but also with the uh, restoration of the public celebrations of the sacraments. Mm-hmm. So each sacrament has its own uh, small set of directives or guides. And for confessions, I I encourage the priest to set up a means to hear confession if they're going to do it inside. They have to practice social distancing, wear the masks, be very, very careful, not only just for the physical well-being of people, but also they have to un- be able to honor the, the, the uh, confidentiality of the sacrament and the integrity of the sacrament. So that also will be a decision made by the pastors and the priests and the parishes how to do that. I encourage them, if possible, to hear confessions outside. Mm-hmm. You know, to set up a, a, a place for the faithful to come and go to confession. Again, you have to keep this. It's this social distancing is the thing that we keep hearing about. Mm-hmm. And our, so, I mean, the, the, but but confessions have never been have never stopped. It's right. just that people interpreted it that way because mm-hmm. the church was closed. Right. And when the church is closed, the things that you do in church are not available. Right. So what we didn't want was we didn't want to have long lines on a Saturday afternoon at 3.30 uh, to go into the small uh, environment of the confessional. Mm-hmm. So we, many of the parishes have, have been offering, since this uh, shutdown had occurred, uh, confessions in other fora, outside usually. Mm-hmm. And the, I must tell you, the pastors and priests have been very creative in providing this for people. But it was a misunderstanding. It was a misreading mm-hmm. of uh, the directions that we gave at the beginning of the, mm-hmm. of the lockdown. And we tried to, to make that clear to people, you know, and sure. sometimes they get the message, sometimes they don't. Right. Well, it's a tough, you know, it's difficult, I guess, especially as far as communications go. And there's, I think also because, and we just mentioned Cheryl's parish where she works is in the Touchin Diocese. And, uh, you know, we live over in the Archdiocese. And there's a little bit of, you know, everything's not the same in every diocese either, exactly. <laughs> you can say that again. Right? <laughs> so, right. It's, now, are you, are you and your brother bishops, do you, you, you just get a discuss, get on conference calls and say, you know, what are we doing here? Or are you just kind of on your own as an individual diocese? We, we had one conference call. Very early, uh, at some point in March, I believe, uh, just a, a general discussion about this, and 
Uh, and those calls uh, were simply, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do you have any plans? What's, you know, how are you going to proceed? Um, but at the time, I must tell you, you know, no one was sure how they were going to move forward. Yeah. Um, and so uh, each bishop, of course, is autonomous. You know, the Bishop of Newark, the Cardinal Archbishop of Newark, he makes the decision for his diocese. I make it for Trenton. Bishop Cecchio for Metuchen, Bishop Sullivan for Camden, Bishop Saratelli for Patterson. And, uh, you know, we have our own task force, our own commissions, uh, people who are out in the field, boots on the ground, so to speak, mm-hmm. who would be advising us and telling us, giving us suggestions about what direction to go. Mm-hmm. And then the bishop would make his decision on the right. basis of those recommendations. Right. But it, there was no joint decision-making in New Jersey, in the dioceses of New Jersey, other than the decision to move Ascension Thursday to the following Sunday. Right. That was the only decision that mm-hmm. we all agreed to make uh, together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Bishop, are there any updates on the sacraments, the, the First Holy Communion's confirmations, uh, RCIA? Any, any, well, any? The, confir- the confirmations, uh, of course, we, we stopped the schedule. My, my last confirmation was March the 13th, right. uh, and after that I sent the directive to the the priest to to postpone confirmation, and then uh, as as it became clear that we were going to be able to move forward, uh, to tell them that anything that any of the confirmations that were scheduled for the spring of 2020, up to the first Sunday of Advent, the pastor of the parish was to administer confirmation. He was delegated with the faculty to administer confirmation. Anything that's on the schedule. After the first Sunday of Advent, I'll administer the confirmations, or my uh, my mm-hmm. vicars will do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that's for confirmation. Holy right. Communion, the pastors have to make that decision in their parishes. Mm-hmm. And again, been very creative. They have many different ideas how to go about that, and they'll be announcing that in their parishes. Uh, as far as weddings are concerned, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I don't know whether you saw the directives that I issued, um, but uh, they're available on the diocesan mm-hmm. website. And I ask the pastors to, uh, to if at all possible, to publish it on their website or to put a link on their website for those who are looking for the information. But uh, weddings will be able to proceed, not a mass, but with the wedding ceremony itself, and again with uh, all of the stric- uh, restrictions observed, and encouraging the the uh, parishes to live stream the weddings so that you know if you can't have you know. Uh, 250 people, as you might have ordinarily under mm-hmm. ordinary circumstances, that the, that the people who are at home can watch the wedding. Uh, of course, you're not going to be able to go to a wedding reception like you did before either. So, right. you know, those are those are those are being limited right. for baptisms. Again, scheduled with a parish. I encourage the parishes. You know, don't just consider a Saturday or Sunday. Uh, you know, have 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 the baptism on another day of the week, mm-hmm. and schedule them on one family at a time. Though, do you know how some parishes they might have five or six baptisms at a mass or at a ceremony, but we're not we're not going to have that. We just have one bap- one family at a time, okay. and confessions as as we proceed. Anointings of the sick in the hospitals. We follow the hospital regulations for uh, for sanitation and all of that protection. And if they go into the home, they're to wear a mask and make sure that they are sanitized before they go into the home. And as soon as they leave the home, minister the sacrament using a cotton swab. 
uh, or a cotton ball to administer the actual sacrament to avoid any physical contact with the sick, yes. especially if there's a concern about COVID. And so we try we try to think through. In the Diocese of Trenton, I had a task force of pastors, uh, post-pandemic uh, task for parish task force of pastors. And they work for hours and hours and hours. Now, these, these are the men who have the responsibility in the various parishes to determine how things function and how they need to function and what their needs will be. And so they put together a whole set of recommendations, which then they presented to me. And I went through the recommendations. Some I changed, some I edited, some I deleted. And then that's what I basically published uh, last week. Yeah. Now, this is kind of, I'm sure, Bishop, been very difficult for you, especially as the bishop. I mean, everybody's just so, so, so in, a, in a place where we don't even know, you know, what the next day is going to hold sometimes. Do you see any, any what, what's your hope for the for going forward now? We're seeing a lot of places well, starting I, to open you up. You know, the, the one thing I would say uh, to all the people, all the faithful, even to those who are not part of our fold, you know, be patient. Be understanding. This is not something we wanted. This is not something we sought about, sought out. This is not some sort of a punishment that we're trying to exercise. Uh, this is what we're told is uh, is the situation. It's an emergency situation, a difficult situation. Hopefully, uh, getting better as we see the reports on a day-to-day basis, uh, but still a serious a serious concern. Um, you know, people who are uh, afraid. And there are many people who are afraid. They just don't want to go back into church. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why we have the dispensation we spoke of earlier. But also uh, for people who are in high-risk categories, like, for example, myself right. uh, as a diabetic, that's a high-risk candidate ca- category. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you have to be very, very careful. Uh, people who are of a, beyond a certain age, I think it's in New Jersey, I think it might be 65. Uh, I'm not sure, but... Uh, if you're not feeling well, if there's a chance that you could have contacted someone with the virus and that you could be carrier but asymptomatic with no symptoms, you know, all of these things, we're putting these out as cautions. These are people who should not come right now. They should stay home until this, uh, this, this uh, virus passes. Um, people should get tested if they're worried. Uh, and and try to determine what they need to do, and if they're positive, to quarantine themselves and to follow all the medical medical uh, directions that they're given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is as you say, Jimmy and Cheryl. This is this is uh, you know it's a strange time. It's not a time that we've experienced before, and so anytime you go through something the first time, uh, you're going to, as Cheryl said, you're going to err on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to be worried. Uh, about putting people at risk, you know, have to balance, you know, my responsibilities for the spiritual life of people, also with their physical well-being and the common good. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've tried to do. Some people don't like it. Some people think this is all a big hoax. You know, someone called me this morning on one of the New Jersey radio stations, you know. uh, You know, they they were calling me out that I was participating in this participating in this hoax and was a puppet of the governor. And I, I mean, these crazy kind of things. Mm-hmm. People say things sometimes in, in difficult moments that, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're hurtful or they're, they're, they're upsetting. 
because you know what they're saying is not true. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't keep them from saying it. Right, <laughs> right. Well, that's that, unfortunately, that's the, the culture we live in I'm, today. I'm a bishop for 10 years now, and, my, and before that, a president for many years <laughs> in a university, which is a pretty tough environment. Right. So my skin is pretty... Uh, yeah. Pretty well tested. You know how to put <laughs> My your eye arm- just up. <laughs> you know how to put your armor on, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, and they, I mean, I wish people would just give you the benefit of the doubt that you want the best for them. <laughs> right. You're not trying to prevent the best from right, them. Right. You want the best for them, and you want it in the best time in the best possible way. Right. Could you? Uh, s- but you know, you just have to take the arrows as they come. Could you see this, Bishop, as any opportunity, like an evangelizing opportunity? Now, we've had this time at home to think two or three months, maybe not even working, a lot of time to think and and maybe start feeling lost. I'm thinking of those that that have been away, like you said, those that are not in the fold. And now they're, they're kind of looking for something and they don't know what it is. You know, we're all grappling, we're all struggling with our patients, but we're, we're looking for something that those that are going to come back to Mass invite someone else to come with them. Look, fill, fill your life now with, with the hope that church provides. Absolutely. I, 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 think, uh, I think this is, this is yet another uh, opportunity for evangelization, for reaching out, for witnessing, for inviting. Uh, sure it is. The people who are, uh, you know, strong, committed, faithful Catholics will follow the directions that they're given and will uh, move back into uh, the mainstream of their Catholic faith and their Catholic spiritual life and their Catholic sacramental life as the Church allows and permits and encourages them to do. You know, I've heard some people say, well, you know, people won't come back to church. Well, maybe that's true in some cases. I don't know. I can't say that. Uh, People have gotten used to watching Mass on television. Well, that's all that they had. That's all that they had. Mm -hmm. Thank God that they did. Right. But now as we gradually open up and start uh, restoring and renewing our sacramental life, hopefully that they'll say, well, okay, that that chapter's done. Now let's move into another, Mm -hmm. a new chapter, another chapter. Right. So... Uh, but as far as the evangelization is concerned, the way I look at it, you know, every situation that we encounter in life, even the current one with the uh, with the reaction to the racism, racism and the death of uh, of George Floyd and and all of that, it's opportunities for us to examine our conscience and uh, and to make the kind of change of mind and heart that you can. Mm-hmm. Right. It's These protests clean... and uh, that uh, that are going on. When they're peaceful in nature, they're they're certainly something that uh, we can respect. But when they when they move into these other areas with the looting and the destroying people's lives and their businesses and all of that, for what? Right. That's not honoring anything. That's that, that's compounding. It's making the injustice worse. Right. As far as I'm concerned. Right. But again, this is a time for us all, as church, as Catholics, to to, to reflect and say, well. Have I done anything to contribute to the negativity, and how can I change? How can I make it better? Right. How can I build That's up? what we want. We want, we want tomorrow to be better than today. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and, and so we have to reflect and pray and, and, and seek guidance and help in order for that to happen. And any moment, tomorrow's another day. Thank God for a new day and a clean slate. You know, nobody says that, well, this is the way I am. I, you know, I apologize. No, tomorrow you get a fresh start and a clean slate to make those changes. You know, think, well, tomorrow's going to be different. Yeah, that's what our Catholic faith is about. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, 
when, when Christ died and rose from the dead, why didn't people recognize him as he was walking down the path to Emmaus? Because he was a new person. His retro- he, he, was, he was Jesus. He was the God who was sent to earth. But he was completely transformed. Right. And that's the invitation that the Easter season presented to us to think about. The transformation of our heart and soul. Uh, the total renewal. The resurrection of something deep within. The bringing back to life. Uh, and waiting for the Holy Spirit. Which, the, which came among us at the pe- first Pentecost and continues to come among us mm-hmm. and bring his gifts and his graces so that we can be better, stronger, fuller Catholics and Christians. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the purpose of this. The c- purpose of this is just as so tomorrow is the same as today. I want to be better. Right. Right. Put on mm-hmm. the new man. Mm-hmm. Bishop, thank you so much for being with us. We always appreciate and love having you join us and for the updates and uh, just wishing you well and stay well and uh, have a, a wonderful summer now that summer has begun and anything yeah in- summer's summer's upon us it's a it's a little rain it's a little rainy right now here mm-hmm. i had the uh, i had the charcoal grill out but i think <laughs> i'm gonna have to move it into the garage <laughs> it, it might have gone out already with that rain coming down the way but i hope everyone has a blessed summer and again thank everyone for their patience for their understanding and and most of all for their cooperation as together we try to restore and renew ourselves in the practice of our Catholic faith. And uh, I think we can do that uh, if we do it in, in God's name and, and you know, with the, with the assistance of, of our Blessed Mother and the communion of saints. Move forward. Mm-hmm. I have a Mass, which I am uh, celebrating. Did I ex- mention no, this to ahead. you before? You know, for all of those who have died, mm-hmm. oh. and during this time when we couldn't have funeral Masses, and that's so... Sad, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes. We couldn't, we couldn't, uh, you know, send our beloved on to God the way that we usually do and that we, we want to. I'm going to celebrate a a mass for all the faithful departed. Uh, I'm going to celebrate it over at the uh, uh, Saint Anne's uh, uh, in uh, here in Spring Lake at the uh, um, not not the mortuary. What is it called? Mausoleum. Mausoleum. Okay. And uh, celebrate that on June 17th going to be televised at two o'clock and i've asked all the pastors to send me the names of all their parishioners who have died during these months when they couldn't have a funeral mass and i'm going to remember that the whole diocese all the faithful departed who died during this time uh in a special mass that will be broadcast on june the 17th at 2 p.m oh Oh, that's beautiful a mid-year all souls day (laughs) yeah that's really what it's going to be like you know uh uh, the, 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 we've gotten about, uh, oh, I'd say, 35 parishes have sent in full lists of names, uh, and some more will send them in. The, the deadline is today, but uh, certainly we'll, by, by Monday, hopefully, we'll have all of the lists for all those who are going to participate. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, one parish wrote and said, uh, uh, we've had no one die during this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, others have sent lists with 30, 40 names wow. from this time. Some parishes may not send any names, but we certainly will remember in a general way they're dead, mm-hmm. but specifically the dead whose names have been sent to us, oh. which I will take and then place on the altar and make as my intention for that Mass. All right, June 17th. And hopefully that will bring some some uh, some healing and some comfort. You know, I, I experienced this week uh, a death. You know, my classmate, uh, seminary classmate, who has been my dear friend for 51 years, oh. died. 
uh, and died in the hospital. And, you know, I couldn't visit him. I couldn't right. be with him. This is somebody that I spent so much time over these years, more time with my own family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, to not be able to see him, not be able to accompany him, not be able to pray with him was was a heartbreaking thing. So I know well what families have been going through in these days. And tomorrow, tomorrow, all I can do is is his grave service. Mm-hmm. Oh. I can't have. We'll have to have a mass some other time for mm-hmm. him. I mean, I've celebrated mass for him already, but right. But it's these are tough days, and and certainly got the the you know, challenge has been placed before us, right. and we just have to uh, we just have to take these days and offer them up to God and the sacrifices that we made and and ask God to bring us the healing that we need mm-hmm. and, and and the strength that we need. And a, a good shot in the arm for our faith. Mm-hmm. So that God has never abandoned us. God never left us alone. Right. And we just have to cling to him right. uh, and, uh, and, and pray that he might uh, restore our faith to its fullness and even more so. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, Bishop. Well, thank you again for everything you do. And we appreciate uh, all you do for us. And as I said, stay well and enjoy that barbecue. Yeah, we'll be right yeah. there. <laughs> hey, right okay, we'll be right care. over. God bless you. God bless you. God bless everyone. Thank okay, you. Okay, God bless you. All right, friends, you stay with us. There's more to come. Don't go away. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. And that means it's time for our domestic church media chief meteorologist, Jim Hoffman. Hey, Jim. Hey, how are you? Fine. How are you doing? Hi, Cheryl. Hey, Good. how are you? <laughs> Sorry, running a little late today, but that's okay. I don't. I know you don't mind deferring your time to the bishop a little bit. That was a privilege speaking to the bishop today. He had a lot of good things to say. A lot that's of right. information. So we all have to just stay informed. I mean, and it changes day to day. And as the bishop said, every newscaster or every paper you read or every Facebook post, you're getting all these conflicting stories. So it's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Now I but know. It's good that. It's good that restrictions are being relaxed a bit and you know the yeah. last couple of weekends i've been attending mass in my car like a drive-in theater in st <laughs> vincent um, so hopefully that that's going to be uh relaxed a bit and you know, we'll be able to do daily mass again and hopefully yes. get back into the church well, i think yes. he said uh corpus christi corpus about a third 30 percent and how beautiful that is because you know the the center and core of our very catholic being the eucharist which makes us different than all the other churches and that's the day we get to go back into the doors and receive our Lord. So it's it's nice. going to be very powerful. No more drive-through communion, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so I have one word to say to you, Mr. Hoffman. Dereco. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to be very honest with you. Yeah. I had to look that up. I never heard that before. But it's a, it's a real thing, right? Dereco. Well, I guess it is. It's it's basically just a line of intense thunderstorms that come through and can you know, can be accompanied by some uh, very gusty winds and hail, lightning, um, heavy rains. And we certainly had that <laughs> pass through central Jersey. We did uh, the other day. Yeah, yeah, all the trees are laying down. But is it um, what makes it different than like a hurricane? Are they? Is it like the mileage of the winds or something? You know, a hurricane is a, a lot different. Um, the the uh, you know this Draco term is really for lines of thunderstorms, and we get they're very common uh, thunderstorms, especially as we get into the su late spring and you know summer summer months. Mm -hmm. We'll see lines of thunderstorms come through. I just never knew there was a term for it, and you know I. I have a degrees in meteorology, but I, I guess something that just, just in, that everyone's looking for a new name or something. I think they so make these. I, just, I think they make them up as they go along. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I, I never yeah. heard it either. When I was I was talking about it on the air yesterday, and I couldn't remember the name. I had read it, and I could, and then someone texted me saying it's Drake. Dereco, I guess. Did they pronounce it Dereco? Well, maybe Jim skipped class that day. Yeah, I thought I thought it was an island yeah, in the there Caribbean. You go. I thought it was an island in the Caribbean, Dereco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy! Anyway, we went. We, we we made it. Although I'll tell you, I was here at the station that, and my sister was here helping out a little bit, and we were here when the storm came, and we went into the chapel because it was it was. I mean, you, you couldn't even see out the window, but yet Cheryl was up in Hunterdon County in in uh, Flemington. Just and a little nothing. rain. So there was that much of a line yeah. between the two. So. Well, I I had um, direct experience with the Draco myself, actually. I was out for a bike ride, and I didn't check the radar before oh. I went out. So, I, yeah, I was about three miles from home, oh and my. the thing hit. I mean, and it, it just, like, hit right? like a hammer. Um, but I found a, a parking garage that I was able to get under, 
But even under there, the wind was blowing. I was getting soaked. Yeah. And Jackie came out looking for me, and she ended up picking me up and saving my life. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's, what, that's what wives are for. That's right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but all that being said, and I know Bishop just mentioned his barbecue is being ruined down there in, in uh, Point Pleasant. He's raining over there. But uh, we uh, hopefully this stuff is, is going to get out of here mm-hmm. soon. Yeah, hopefully. I'm looking at the radar now. We've got some scattered showers uh, some heavier ones in northern Jersey. Most of the activity right now looks to be in central Jersey. Uh, so, you know, from the Pennsylvania border and beyond all the way through the coast, there, there are some uh, showers and thunderstorms popping up. Um, more of the, um, you know, far and wide between down in south Jersey. Um, so that'll continue through this afternoon and into the evening. Actually, there's flash flood watch in effect for portions of eastern Pennsylvania, south and central Jersey because of the expected uh, heavy rain and showers that are moving through. Um, right now, if you look at the temperatures around the area, there's a, there's a wide spread. Where it's raining right now, temperatures are in the, say, mid-70s. So Ewing is 74, Freehold 75, Hamilton 74. But where it's not raining, Hamilton is coming in at 86, Cape May 82. Beach Haven 86 yeah. and Seaside Heights 84. So you can see the, the effect mm. that that rain is having a 10 degree drop in, in temperature. Um, so tonight, those showers are going to continue with possibly some thunderstorms mixed in, cloudy with a low 69 degrees. Tomorrow, we're going to have a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms uh, in the afternoon, but it's going to start out cloudy and then becoming sunny in the afternoon, high near 85. So kind of a Nice day tomorrow. It's going to be warm, uh, but some showers uh, possible. Saturday night, mostly clear, around 60. And Sunday is going to be a really nice day. Uh, it's going to be sunny with the high near 78. You should have a northeast breeze coming in, make it nice and um, nice and dry. Sunday night, mostly clear, low 55. And then first day of the work week on Monday, sunny with a high near 80 degrees. And just Ooh. looking into next week, looks like we're going to have highs in the um, – Low to mid 80s, then lows are going to be around 60. So upper 50s, low 60s. Beautiful. We'll Can't take beat it. that weather. Mm-hmm. That's great. No, not at all. Beautiful. Just got to get through these showers That's that are fine. coming in. Um, but after that, looks like it's going to be a pretty good weekend out there. All righty. Well, Jim, thank you so much, as always, for uh, keeping us posted and up to date. And uh, we'll look forward to talking with you next week. Be careful on that bicycle. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I will. God bless. God bless thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All Thanks. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All right, we're going to thank thank you, Jim, but we're going to play the game next hour because we don't have enough time this hour. So we have a a name that Catholic tune, and and this is going to be great for all you classical um, people out there that Mm kind of dabble in the classical era of music but um also are familiar with hymns but uh, we're going to play that second hour because mm-hmm. it will take a few minutes to do that later and you know you've asked the question you're getting a lot of responses to your questions okay today. let's but take the question is if, if this whole thing was done and over with by tomorrow what was the first thing you would do regarding the coronavirus the yes. covid19 uh if everything was normal tomorrow i would go to my 96 year old mom's assisted living hug her for as long as she can stand up then take her and her best friend out to lunch then go see my 95 year old mother-in-law and hug her 
and go to Mass in person and sing at the Sunday and Holy Day Masses at my mom's assisted living and nursing care complex. Oh, let me guess. Yeehaw. Is that TC? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't have names. I'm guessing. Just phone numbers. Oh, no, that, well, but she know. ended it by saying yeehaw. <laughs> uh, if everything was uh, lifted, would visit an old person at a nursing home. Kevin and Brick said that. Oh. Uh, let's see. Have the entire family over for a barbecue or dinner. I gladly cook, bake, and clean up. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, then there's hug and kiss my grandchildren. Of course. No hair. No hair. Dressers, yes. No, no, nobody going for hair yet. I think there's a lot of underground basement and garage. Yeah, there's a lot of back door, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, I have to say that earlier this week, there there's three people I, I see on a regular basis, and boy, they were looking rather dapper. And they had someone that they knew that from a you know a former place of employment that also cut hair, and they had a little party out in their yard. I'm mm-hmm. like, you should have called me. I need a little help here. <laughs> so we're going to take a little break, come back. Now, again, the number to text is 609-493-8255. If COVID-19 and the pandemic situation were over tomorrow, completely gone, What's the first thing you would do? 609-493-8255. We'll take a quick break. Be back next hour. Coming up, we're going to be joined. uh, We're going to play Name That Catholic Tomb, but then also our gospel reading and reflection. And we're going to be joined by Father uh, Chris to talk about his book, After Suicide. So stay where you are, my friends. There's more to come on Friday Live. Sixty seconds with Mother Angelica. Do not let your heart be troubled. Is your heart troubled? Well, what about? Well, I have a, my children are not in the church. We've had tragedy after tragedy in our family. This one is a born loser, never been successful in his life. This one has terrible pain. All this. so, who knows Jesus? And yet our dear Lord looks at us with great love as only a friend can, a real friend, and and say, don't let your hearts be troubled. And I want you to to think of that. He's saying, don't let it. Ah, now, that means you can do something about it, doesn't it, huh? He doesn't say, I'm going to help you not to let your hearts be troubled. No, he said, you don't let it trouble you. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Do you love praying for people? Have you ever wanted to use your gift of prayer to share Jesus with others and build up the body of Christ? Start a public prayer station with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Listen to people's needs, pray with them, or invite them to meet you at church. St. Paul Street Evangelization can help you get started. Find out how at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. 
Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media? P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling there was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. The, the deal clincher is we found our way to our, our parish and we met just an incredible pastor. We learned things that we'd never been taught. Wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. Do you know yourself? <laughs> Nobody knows himself. That's why if somebody says, why are you so impatient? You say, I'm not impatient. <laughs> or why are you so angry all the time? Who's angry? I'm never angry. <laughs> okay. We don't know ourselves. You know, I've told you that there's so many of these mystics have said that the Lord would come one day and give us a warning that we would see ourselves as he sees us. Oh, that would be a shock, huh? Somebody sent me a, a, a videotape. We watched it the other night. Uh, these people who had death experiences, they all saw this light, but what they all saw was themselves. And they were surprised. Well, if you know yourself, you wouldn't be surprised, would you? The people you know and trust are on EWTN. We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze. I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I cooked my husband's favorite breakfast. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. What have you done for your marriage today? Don't forget the small stuff. Need ideas? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back. Another hour 
on this first Friday edition of Friday Live. This is June 5th, 2020. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. Thanks for staying with us. And this hour, we're going to have our gospel reading and our reflection today is by our friend Father Gary Koch. And then we're going to play Name That Catholic Tune a little later on this hour. And then also this hour, joining us will be Father Chris Ayler, who has written a book called After Suicide. And Father Chris will be here as well to talk about that book. So, and you are getting responses to your question. Yes. What would you do if it was all of the coronavirus situation was over now? But you see the running theme? It's the hugs, whether it's the grandchildren or the elderly in, in infirmed, you know, the, the um, adult living or where, wherever they are, you know, the homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody wants to go out and hug their family. Pete and Arlene said we'd go to Mass and receive the Eucharist in our church and sing, sing, sing. Yes. Boy, when we get back in there, we better hear the singing. But with the masks, it's going to be like muffled singing, but it will be beautiful. <laughs> well, will they have to wear masks? I think they do. You know, Bishop didn't mention that. And for your particular diocese, wherever you're listening, I would say go to your parish or diocesan website. That way you're going to have all the information right there from the source where it's supposed to be directing you and all spelled out. But I can say we've had some people at our daily mass and they have been all wearing the masks. Wow. All right. Well, let's uh, pray our gospel. This Sunday is Trinity Sunday, right? It is. Okay. And uh, we'll pray our gospel and then uh, we'll have our reflection by Father Gary. This is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, But whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This simple prayer, accompanied by its sacramental sign, is the one which we recite with the most frequency throughout our lives, leaving it as the prayer which we give the least amount of thought in its recitation. Like all that is deeply familiar to us, we take it for granted and assume the prayers having been said as we focus our thoughts on the more important prayers at hand. As we begin our life in the church and as we prepare for death, these words are prayed over us as we are anointed with holy oil. More than a prayer, however, this is a profound statement of belief. The creedal profession of the Trinity hits at the very core of our Catholic Christian faith and distinguishes us clearly from the other theistic religions, Judaism and Islam. For them, as for us, God is one. Yet for us, God is the Trinity, the tri-unity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as co-equal and co-eternal reality. While Jews, Muslims, and even some so-called Christian sects, such as Unitarians, deny the Trinitarian nature of God and accuse our profession of the Trinity as polytheistic, we do not in fact worship three gods, only the one, whose nature is revealed to us throughout 
salvation history. The readings for this Trinity Sunday demonstrate the historical nature of the revelation of God, first as one and then as the Trinity. First to Moses and the Israelites, God becomes self-evident as one. In its time, this is a radical and significant insight. The Jews have escaped Egypt with its myriad of deities, and they are preparing to enter Canaan, which is replete with yet another set of divine and semi-divine idols. To these ancient people, God must first be revealed as one, so that they can come to understand the radicalness of their being one God. The God of the Universe It is only later, after the experience of God as one, becomes deeply ingrained within the tradition and theology of Judaism that God chooses to become incarnate in the person of Jesus. Yet it is not the Father. Rather, it is the Logos, or the Word of God, who becomes manifest in Jesus. One of the underlying themes of John's Gospel is the relationship that exists between the Father and the Son. Jesus, the Son, is continually revealing the Father to his disciples. When you see Jesus, you see God, as Jesus points to the Father and the Father indicates the Son. The passage for this week is the famous encounter between Jesus and Nicodemus. Here Jesus instructs us as to the meaning of the Incarnation, that we earn a share in eternal life. God the Father chooses to reveal the Son to us so that we might have eternal life. This is yet incomplete, for as we know from the readings preparing us for Pentecost, the Paraclete, or Holy Spirit, must be revealed in order that the Paschal Mystery can be complete. It is through the final revelation of God through the Holy Spirit that our eternal life is secured. It is this Holy Spirit who abides with the Church and directs us along the path of salvation. In his second letter to the Corinthians, St. Paul gives us an insight into the function of the Trinity. As he says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. It is through Jesus that we share in grace, grace which is the dispensation of salvation. As with John, Paul emphasizes that God, the Father, is love the outpouring of agape, unconditioned and universal. Finally, it is the Holy Spirit who draws us into fellowship, gathers us together, and forms and sustains the Church. As we participate in the liturgy, we see the Trinity as self-evident. The Holy Spirit guides and directs our understanding of God, and as we share more fully in the life of the Church, we are drawn more and more deeply into the mystery of the Trinity.
already time to name that Catholic tune. A little late today, but better late than never. That's right. I've got a good one for you today. All right. So Cheryl's going to give you some uh, information about today's Catholic hymn. And uh, not it's not really just a Catholic hymn, but... Probably yeah. a universal hymn. Multi-denominational. It's a hymn. Ecumenical hymn. It's a hymn and a great tune. And, but then I'll uh, play a fragment and from go, somewhere. We're going to wheel in the mighty Wurlitzer. I'm going to push it in every week. We push in that mighty Wurlitzer. Cheryl will sit behind it and play... A little snippet of the hymn. When you think you know what it is, after she plays the little uh, sample, give us a call here at 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. And you can win a fabulous prize today by naming that Catholic tune. 609-493-8255. And so let's hear some clues. All right. Well, as you know, a small handful of melodies in our hymn books come from larger classical works, from the great masters, oratorios, cantatas, symphonies, etc. So this particular hymn is one of those. It comes to us from a 20th century composer. I don't know if I need to tell you who that is. I you told he, me who. I had no idea. I thought, he, no I thought idea he pitched for the Cubs. I'm not you sure. have a different... <clears throat> record collection than I do. Anyway, it, it comes from an orchestral suite. We'll see. We'll see. If we don't get any calls, I'll give you the uh, composer it and the name. It won't make any difference. I don't know. Let's just difference. see how much we can do. I call this event music, and I think you would agree with me. It's very powerful. It's very majestic. You might hear it at the end of those big special occasions, you know, an ordination or the bishop comes and a celebration of a 100-year anniversary, something big. Um, and when text was added to this orchestral fragment, it was first a patriotic text and then a religious text. Mm. So it has morphed since 1920, mm -hmm. all right? Um, the first set of text was for Great Britain, and as I said, uh, patriotic. It was, I vow to thee my country. It was used at Princess Diana's wedding, and then so many years later, used again at her funeral, okay? Mm -hmm. um, so. And Elton John is not the composer. No, Elton John is not the composer. And then um, Richard Prue. If you're a, a choir director, you know who he is. But regardless, he's the one that sent it to set religious text because it's just so beautiful and powerful and strong that they said we have to be singing this in church with more religious words. Mm -hmm. Okay, so do you want to hear a little bit? Okay, so I go over to the Mighty Wurlitzer, sit behind there on the big uh, bench. And uh, yes. again, the number to call friends is 609-493-8255. When you think you know what today's Catholic tune is, that's the number to call, 609 Four nine three eight two five five, and I guess we're gonna hear a little bit of today's Catholic tune. Six oh nine four nine three eight two five five. If you think you know what that is, call right now to win your fabulous prize, 609-493-8255. Uh, no takers yet. No takers yet. 609-493-8255. Oh, oh, we do have a caller. Okay. So we'll go to this line. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? 
Hi, uh, my name is Beth. I'm calling from Lawrenceville, and uh, it's uh, by Holtz, the planet. Uh, yes. Yes. So Gustav Holtz is the composer. Thank you very much, because my husband said, nobody's <laughs> going to know that name. Who and knows what Gustav? does she do? She calls him with Gustav, and yes, it's from the planets. It was a segment from Jupiter, from the, the great orchestral suite, the planets. D- does the name of the, the, the hymn come to mind or no? Uh, hold on one second. Not that I it really. about that part. <laughs> um, I'm surprised you knew Gustav. <laughs> Um, gosh, of course now I can't think of the, the, the hymn itself. You just call it Gustav's song? <laughs> yeah. No, she wins. Beth, she you wins. win. I'm going to give you an holiday on that one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, there you go. That's great. It's Oh God Beyond All Praising. Ring a bell. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yes, indeed. <laughs> um, Lawrenceville, are you in St. Anne's over there? Uh, I teach there, yeah. Oh, oh, how are you doing with the whole teaching thing? It's fun. It's uh, great, and the kids have been great. Parents have been amazing. Oh, that's and, wonderful. Uh, yeah, but we're almost finished, which is great. We just had a graduation today, and oh. the eighth grade, wonderful. Uh, wow. It was some great luck. They were wonderful class. Were you actually able to have the uh, graduation on site? No, well, we, in a matter of speaking, yes, we uh had a drive-by kind of thing where the kids uh, drove into the Crescent in front of our school yes. and hopped out to get their diplomas. Aww. And, uh, Photo yeah, it was op. Great. It was really, it was wonderful. Oh, beautiful. That's great. And what what grade do you teach? Uh, I teach the through eighth uh, oh. religion. Oh, good for you. Great. And I'm just curious, Beth, how did you know Gustav? I hadn't heard of Gustav. Well, I have a music background. Oh. And I'm a cantor at St. Paul's. Ah, oh, so you know Emily. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do. It's I a really small world, excited. right? Very good. Yeah. Well, beautiful, Beth. All right. So what we'll do is, I think I know who this is. We'll just make sure we'll get her information. So let's let's okay. just, uh, I'll, Beth, I'm going to put you on hold for a moment. Sure, we'll get on the phone with you and get some information from you. And then uh, she'll send you a fabulous prize. <laughs> okay. Great. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Hang good on. Good job. Good job. And the name again was? Oh, God, beyond all praising. And we're going to hear that beautiful piece right now. All right. I'll put that on for you. Stay where you are, friends. More to come.
Congratulations to Beth from Lawrenceville. Lawrenceville. Lawrence. Lawrence. Oh, Lawrence. I didn't realize there was just a Lawrence. I thought it was Lawrenceville. I did too. Maybe Lawrence Township. Right. Well, Either Beth. way, Beth is she, the she knew Gustav. I'm surprised because I never heard of Gustav. What is his name? Uh, Max? I know. Holst. Oh, Holst. <laughs> Holst Gustav? Gustav Holtz? Gustav Holtz. Which is the first name? Gustav. Gustav Holtz. Yeah. Isn't he a character in um, Frozen? Gustav? Yeah, I think Gustav was the, was the, uh, the elk the or whatever. Or... Right? <laughs> that thing I don't know. The thing with the horns. Know. Moose? Is it a moose? Gustav? I don't know. We're getting off track here. I know, but we have to start watching those things again because soon, know, hopefully, and we'll see our children again. We can, yes. Our grandchildren, we can play with them and watch things with them, mm-hmm. sing songs with them. That's right. Uh, let's see. We have any more of these? Uh, what what I what I would do? What I would do if things came back to normal? Uh, no. But if you have any uh, suggestions on what you go, actually, what are you going to do when things go, things are just open up completely? Although I don't know if that's going to happen all at once. It's just all these gradual you know, phases. Gradual phases, or you know, we ha- on the Pennsylvania side of things, we have the colors like the red. The red phase and the yellow phase and then the green phase and all the rules keep changing. And so they're saying the governor is pretty much colorblind at this point. But Although I did see the top of his head today. Was red. Sunburn? Yeah, it's red. Oh. He was out marching yesterday in Harrisburg. And they showed someone had a picture of Governor Wolf and the top of his head looks like just it's the bright red. red. Phase, yeah. huh? He's in the red phase. His head is anyway. Uh, that's sad. Oh. Anyway, uh, so... And it's nice away. to hear, though, Bishop said that the masses, the daily mass will be getting back to 25 people. And then yes. starting next Sunday, 30 percent capacity in the churches. But, you know, I had I thought a, um, a an answer to like the first Holy Communions that were supposed to happen this spring. You know, of course, you couldn't go to church, but you probably could have held it in ShopRite or Walmart. <laughs> you know, they were so crowded. They had the aisles already marked with the arrows I thought you could have safely held your first communion in ShopRite. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, hopefully not. But, but nobody uh, bought into that. Nobody, no. Okay. no and, for, and rightfully so. <laughs> but I, it's, uh, did they have them in your parish? No, they did them individually? No, I, I everything's going to be on hold until the fall. Yeah. Everything's going to be postponed. So next year is going to be a very busy year. Hmm. But um, what do you do? I don't know. And RCIA, I don't think I didn't, we didn't get to that with the bishop. That's right, because normally at the Easter, Easter Vigil... vigil you would have had these people come. We have Catholics in waiting right now. <laughs> Catholics in waiting. I hope they're just not the forgotten hand. I hope they know? don't forget what they learned in RCIA. <laughs> Keep your studies up, you know. Well, if they listen to Catholic radio, they'd be able That's to. That's right. That. There's going to be a quiz, and you shall. But isn't that something? They were so excited and prepared to come into the church on Easter. Mm-hmm. That was two, three months ago. Yeah. And they're still waiting to, you know, come fully into the church. So hopefully soon, even on an individual basis or one at every mass or something, there's got to be something. Why keep these people away that have, you know, prepared and, and gotten themselves ready? Not quite sure. I don't know. Uh, 609-493-8255. That's the number you can text to let us know if this whole pandemic thing disappeared tomorrow, what would be the first thing you would do? 609-493-8255. A lot of going to Mass, a lot of hugging my 
uh, elderly parents and grand- mm-hmm. grandparents, a lot of hugging my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, nice. to pick up also on what the bishop said with the, with the um, funeral mass and how he's going to do that service on mm-hmm. uh, June 17th, right. which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. A good friend uh, had um, an aunt pass away she was very close with. She couldn't visit her in the hospital. And she knew that it was probably the last days. She had a lot of different situations, you know, with her health. And she knew she wasn't going to come out of the hospital, but she couldn't even go and say goodbye to her and be with her. And here she is alone. Mm -hmm. And so many people had that situation. Very, very sad. Right. Yeah, no. It's very, very... Like, you don't have the closure that you're looking for. Yeah, no. It's not a... And have there been funerals at your parish? We haven't had three months. Nothing. So you by have, choice, I, or I really don't know how. Um, that would be odd, wouldn't it? That there would be no one that would have passed away in three months from your well, parish. Well, we know that there were, but they would have something at the funeral home for the absolute oh, immediate okay. family. See, so a service, just like but a graveside, yeah, or thing, yeah. a graveside yeah. service. Yeah. Um, and he said it was interesting too with the weddings, a small amount of people, and only the ceremony, not the full mass. Mm. So, and again, every diocese is going to be different, and you just have to listen to your shepherd. Yeah. Right? Pay attention and obey. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's tough. He sounds a little, he sounds a little, a little tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm tired. I wouldn't want to sure. be in any of those I'm decision sure. making shoes. I'm sure I, he's I going through a lot. Yeah. And it's tough, you know, because you know the people just want to get back. Yeah. Just get back to Mass. And uh, now you're starting this weekend, you have a. a this couple weekend, of masses. we'll have three masses, um, but it's still the people are outside in their cars. Like Jim was saying, the driving. So you sit out there, and uh, you can listen on your phone, or they even have now some sort of FM Little FM fre- transmitter, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. FM frequency, you could listen to it. Right. Uh, one of the masses, Sunday's going to be a beautiful day, they are actually going to have an outside altar. Mm-hmm. But again, the people are in their cars, and then when mass is over... They leave, they have the Knights of Columbus there and the ushers in a very orderly fashion, and they'll get communion through the car window. It's uh, very, very different. I I don't know. But then next weekend, again, Corpus Christi, they're back in church. Same thing, 30%? Mm Mm-hmm, 30% allowed in the church, but a full schedule of masses. So... And will people have to be socially distant as well? Yes, they have. Not families, though. Families can sit together, I think. Right. Yeah. But there has to be six foot space. Between what about you? the pew in front of you? No, every other pew. A- every other pew. Every other pew, and then uh, you might have a family of ten, but then every other. That's pew. the good Catholic family. Yeah, that, <laughs> the old-fashioned Catholic family. Yeah, the family of ten. <laughs> Eight kids, but then you would be by yourself in another pew, and again another six feet. So the families. And who's going to regulate? Who's going to like? Uh, oh, monitor the ushers. That? Ushers are going to be real Uh-oh. traffic cops. They're going to be like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> power hungry ushers. Not the worse than a power hungry usher. <laughs> I know. If you don't do something right, they'll hit you over the head with the basket. <laughs> no, they can't pass the basket. No, on the pole. Oh, that's right. On the pole. Like a, <laughs> Didn't she do that? Going to weaponize the baskets. You were an usher for a day. Was that you or your brother David? No, you and I were in Sacramento. Wasn't that it? Well, what are you trying to accuse me of? No, now? okay. So <laughs> you <laughs> depends on what you I say. Think, I did. I think it was you. You know, the the basket at the end of the long pole, and right. as you swung it, you hit somebody on the head. No, was that, that wasn't me. No. I would never do something like that. <laughs> it was an accident. Ac- you didn't do it on I purpose. I would have done it on purpose, <laughs> not accidentally. Well, somebody in the family, maybe Janet will let hey, me know. Hey, give me your envelope, Mom. Oh, wise guy, huh? <laughs>
So anyway, the, the donations will be as you leave church, you can place it in the basket, no pass. So it's all these things when the bishop said it's going to take two or three weeks to pull this all together. How is it going to work? There's a lot of details to be worked out. Yep, 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 yep. Well, we'll see how it goes. We'll take a break. Come back. Uh, Father Chris Aylar is going to join us and talk about his book, Be, uh, yes. After Suicides. There we are. More to come. My family left the church because of a, a, a very negative experience with a specific priest. And that took my whole family away from going to church for a long period of time. There were other Catholic churches, and there were great Catholic churches and great priests. But we stopped because of that one specific instance. And in a way, I was, I was cheated out a big part of my journey and my life. Uh, because we weren't in the church. In life, it seems like we're always enslaved to something. And I think that's, that's basically where our, what our culture is all about right now, is we are, we are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. My involvement in the church, my relationship with God is who I am. It, it's what gives me my identity. Thank God I'm home. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Well, welcome back, friends. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, Father Chris Aylar is a priest with the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, the religious community entrusted with spreading the divine mercy message and devotion. Father Chris uh, wrote and produced uh, the popular Divine Mercy 101 DVD, he is an international speaker and a regular host and guest on EWTN. He's written a brand new book, and uh, we want to talk about this today, a very serious topic, but one certainly that uh, is so important, we need to bring it to the fore here. And it's called After Suicide, uh, There's Still Hope for Them and You. Father Chris Aylar, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Father, I know uh, in the beginning of the book you tell a little bit about your story, uh, that you had a personal um situation in your family with suicide. Tell us a little bit about that, and I'm sure this is what was part of the impetus behind the book. Out of college, my grandmother had taken her life after years and years of physical pain and suffering that turned into emotional, uh, you know, just just very difficult um, uh, circumstances for her. And um, we had never in our family experienced um, a suicide, and she took her life. And <clears throat> back in 1993, when it happened, we didn't talk about it for the next 10 years because as being a raised Catholic family, we just assumed that the Catholic Church teaching was that her soul was lost and that, you know, that she was uh, literally in hell. And that was something that caused us from never discussing it and to never be— um, in any way uh, wanting to discuss it. Well, 10 years later, I meet a priest in North Carolina. I learn about divine mercy. I learn about God's mercy being greater than any sin other than not accepting his mercy, and um, found out that this is not church teaching. And so the first thing I wanted to do was to, in the first part of the book, was to explain what is the church teaching on suicide, and why is there hope for the salvation of our loved ones? One of the big premises of it is that God being outside of time, God knows every prayer that we'll ever make for somebody. Like when I lost my grandma, I didn't pray for her for 10 years because I thought that her soul was lost. But 
when I then learned more about church teaching and God's divine mercy, I learned that that because God is outside of time, he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, he's omniscient, meaning all-knowing. So in other words, he knows every prayer that we'll ever make, and he has the power to apply it to help somebody, even at the time of their end of their life. It's a fascinating concept. And when I learned, I told this priest that, you know, I feel bad because I didn't even pray for my grandmother at the time that she was struggling or when she died, he said, well, pray the chaplet of divine mercy for her this evening and for her salvation. And I was like, well, Father, she died 10 years ago. There's nothing I can do. She's either in heaven, I hope, maybe, but I doubt it, but probably hell. And he said, no, your prayers can make a huge difference on her accepting God's grace and mercy at the time of her judgment because God is outside of time and our prayers can actually be applied through his omnipotence and omniscience back to the moment that she was suffering. And I was just fascinated by this concept and found out that this is in line with church teaching. And the more that I read about the Divine Mercy Chaplet, the more that I understood, uh, the more I realized that I could help her through my prayers even years later. And I'll finish real quick with this. Uh, one of the things we put in the book is a documented um, story from Padre Pio that um, his brothers documented that he was once being evaluated by his doctor, and Padre Pio's doctor noticed he was praying. And the doctor asked Padre Pio, what are you praying for? And he said, the conversion and happy death of my grandfather. Mm. And the doctor said, well, I knew your grandfather. He died over 20 years ago. And Padre Pio said, I know. But God knew 20 years ago that I'd be making this prayer tonight, mm. and he will apply these graces to help my grandfather at the moment of his death. I was like, Beautiful. wow, this is powerful. So, yes, we can help even those loved ones we have lost years ago still today. You mentioned, Father, in the book, and it's always been one of my favorite passages from the diary, is the, the conversation between the all-merciful Lord and the, the despairing soul. Yeah. And yes. let me just get a little, little bit of because you do cite it, and, and it is so important. It's something that I think when you read it, and you, you just there's such a relief that you know that even there in that that nanosecond or whatever time may be mm-hmm. between death and judgment, that there that that the Lord wants every soul with Him in heaven. Yes, and this was something that um, God rest His soul, Benedict uh, Father Benedict Rochelle used to say that that Jesus comes to the soul three times at the moment of death. And I always wondered, where did he get that? Well, it's from the diary, um, paragraph 1486. And in that, Jesus said that I come to the soul three times at the moment of death, and I give that soul the opportunity to accept me. And everybody would say, well, gee, then I'll just wait till then and accept, you know, Christ when he comes. No, you know, we die in the state that we live, so we have to make sure that we try as much as we can in this life to, you know, to embrace God and turn to Him through the church, through our sacraments. And our prayers for those who haven't done so can also be effective. But the catechism, interestingly, in 2282 and 2283, address this, because it says right in the catechism, we should not despair of the eternal salvation 
of one who has taken their own life. By ways known to God alone, he can provide the opportunity for solitary repentance. And when I read that, that ties to that diary passage you just brought up. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, how could God provide repentance to my grandmother? Sorry not to be graphic, but my grandmother pulled the trigger of a handgun and she was dead instantly. But as this priest pointed out to me, he said, Chris, do you not think in the time it took a bullet to travel three inches, God can't come to your grandmother's soul and work a miracle? And I never thought about it that way. That Yeah, it took the bullet, you know, a nanosecond, as you say, to travel three inches. That's an infinite time for God. God, there's no time. You know, there's there's no time for God. So in the time it took the bullet to travel three inches, God could come to the soul and offering his mercy. Now, that's where my prayers come in, even from today, because those prayers can be showered upon her and give her more grace to say yes. We can't say yes for her, but our prayers can offer graces for that soul to be more inclined to say yes to the mercy of God. And that is why we have hope, as the first part of the book says, in, in, for them. We have hope for their salvation. It's so beautiful, Father, that our Catholic faith is one of hope. You know, the people that are faithful, uh, it, it's part of it is because it gives us such hope. Even in a time like this, where the family remaining feels hopeless and helpless, we know that yeah. our faith will— now we're educated that the the hope is for the deceased, but that there's also hope for the family. It makes me think of the um, when we pray the end, the rosary, and the end of every decade, lead all souls to heaven, especially those most need of Thy mercy. Right now, I'm right. sure there right. are many stages that the those that are left behind. Um, are going to go through stages of loss, stages of grief. And I imagine every emotion is, is normal, right? Yes. We, in fact, the second part of our book, that's why the first part we refer to there's hope for them, meaning the salvation of those left behind. I'm sorry, the salvation of those who have taken their own life uh, or have died. And I should point out too, that this book applies to concepts and principles, not just to suicide, but to any kind of death um, or loss, because there is hope for every soul, you know, because in the case of suicide, um, you know, they might not have been in their free, a fully had free will, you know, Mm -hmm. the catechism says there might be grave fear or psychological disturbances that affected the free will of someone. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there is hope for the salvation of those who have died. But as you just mentioned, there's also hope for those left behind. So that's why the second part of the book is called, And There's Hope for You. In the book, we provide um, a roadmap, a roadmap, a spiritual roadmap of how people can, as one of the ladies that we wrote uh, wrote about in our book said, you can never get over a tragedy like this, but you can get through it. And so, yes, we cover the the classic uh, Kubler-Ross and the stages of grief. But what we put in there was, I think, most helpful is a roadmap called the Principles of Divine Mercy. And the spiritual principles of divine mercy help you to get through, not over, but through a kind of loss, even if it's not suicide, any tragedy. 
And the first, and I'll just summarize them very quickly. The first, it's, it's kind of based like on the um, 12-step programs of AA and others. But the first one is we have to admit we're powerless. We can't change this fact. Um, you know, the fact is of reality that we've suffered this loss is real. Um, it's difficult, but we have to acknowledge that. Secondly, <clears throat> we come to trust that Jesus, the divine mercy, can restore our lives to manageability, that there is a way to get through each day. Um, and that's the belief we trust and we believe that it can happen. We can get through tomorrow. But then the third and most powerful stage is then we entrust, which now means we don't just believe it, but we do it. We entrust ourselves to God um, and to handing over our loved one um, and ourselves uh, to the merciful uh, God that can help in actively getting us through day to day. And so these three spiritual principles are laid out in the second half of the book to provide a roadmap, as you just said, to get through this um, and to get, you know, to be able to get the help needed to get through each day. As hard as it is, each day gets a little bit, you know, a simply little bit more easy to get through. It's never going to be um, completely uh, forgotten or we'll never get totally over these losses. But we can get through them day to day and divine mercy wants to do that. It's important, Father, you know, again, we talk about divine mercy and this book is so wonderful. It's filled just with that great hope that we trust Jesus and we trust in his unfathomable mercy in all situations. And uh, especially for the family that, is, as we say, is, is left behind, uh, it's it's wonderful to know that, and that you've done a great job of outlining this and helping people uh, through those times. Because I'm sure there are, there are there are just a gamut of emotions that are run through from anger to sadness to grief to to mm-hmm. frustration and and uh, the human right. emotions. So, and I'll add that there's going to be questions that are right now on the earth are not going to go answered. So there's always that question mark. And those things that will tug at our hearts that, you know, we just have to pray for a peace that they can achieve as much closure as possible because right. there will be some unanswered questions that we, we can't dwell on them or we're driving ourselves into, right. a, you know, a, a dark oblivion, I would imagine. Right. And one of the things that we explain in the book is just that, the age-old question. In fact, the number one question given by people who state that they do not believe in God is, if there was a good and loving God, how could he allow so much suffering? Mm -hmm. And we go through in the book and explain that concept of um, God's ways are not our ways. We never understand, you know, in his ordained will, he doesn't want a death or the coronavirus but in his permissive will, he allows it. Why? And we go through all of that, everything from the gift of free will to the fact that he wants to bring a greater glory, a greater good. Um, <clears throat> and people are just so much suffering right now. I'm In fact, I mean, the stats just came out now since the coronavirus, and uh, suicides are up hundreds of percent, mm. um, you know, uh, this year as opposed to last year at this time. And this is all because of the isolation, the lack of social contact, the um, depression, the losses of jobs. And, um, and you know, it's interesting because we are fearful of the coronavirus, and, and we understand that, that we need to be prudent. But six times more people have died so far year to date by suicide than by the coronavirus. Mm. Wow. And w- what's very disturbing is 
the hospitals, and I we understand this, um, are very much focused on treating the coronavirus. That they're not, they're denying, um, they're denying um, admission to certain people who um, come because they're worried about them catching the coronavirus when they come with mental health problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the mental health problems are being neglected because they're being sent home saying, we're too worried about the coronavirus and you catching it. You just have mental issues. You have to go home because right now we can't risk it. So these people are being sent home and they are being basically neglected, not purposefully, but as a byproduct of the concern and maybe sometimes uh, too much worry over the over the virus and not enough worry about the mental health because the loss of a life due to mental health is just as serious as the loss of a life due to the coronavirus. Right. True. So and true. Um, and if these people are tragically uh, depressed, uh, end up taking their own lives. What I'm sorry, if they are depressed, taking their own life, what a tragedy. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be very careful that we don't forget these people. That's right. A very important uh, resource, a great book, uh, After Suicide, There's Still Hope for Them and You uh, by Father Chris Alar. And Father has been our guest today. Father, tell our listeners how they can find out more about the book. Absolutely. Please, we invite you to visit my website, suicideandhope.com. And that's one word, suicideandhope.com. And if I may, real quickly, for a couple reasons. One, the book doesn't apply to have taken their own life, but the loss of anyone due to any reason of death. But you can also memorialize your loved ones on that site, and there's no fee or cost. You don't even have to identify yourself. You don't have to enter in an email or anything like that or your name, but you can actually place the name of your loved one on that website that you have lost tragically. It can be their full name, first name, initials, nickname, and I personally pray for each and every person on that website. And I also offer masses for those people on that website. And so on that, you can also find the book. Um, it's uh, There's a link to buy the book. And if you want to go straight to buy the book, you can visit shopmercy.org and get a copy of the book. Father, can give that website address one more time for people to go to? Yes. Please, if you would like to memorialize your loved one, uh, visit suicideandhope.com. There is a link to our book uh, there as well. Or if you want to go straight to order the book, you can get it on shopmercy.org or by calling 1-800-4-MARIAN, the number four and then M-A-R-I-A-N. Father Chris Aylar, great uh, being with you today, and we thank you so much for writing the book and sharing this beautiful message of of divine mercy. I mean, the world needs it so badly now, and it's always a great joy to talk with someone like yourself who has such a a great love for this particular devotion. Oh, thank you, and thank you for your ministry as well, reaching out to the people, and as you said, in this time of need. So thank you, and God blessing to your ministry. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for praying for all those who have gone before, and especially for those families and how beautiful that you're at the um, Marian Helpers and in Stockbridge and the, the message of mercy and uh, Sister Faustina. You know, we, we have a beautiful Catholic faith, and, and I just hope this sheds light on many areas that were a little bit uh, confusing for people and, and that they would embrace our mm-hmm. Catholic faith. God bless you. 
Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you, and friend, you stay where you are. We're going to come back with more. Don't go away. What have you done for your marriage today? I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze. She got a really short haircut that she hated, and I wrote her a note and put it up on the mirror saying that she was a cute girl with cute hair. I got him mustard and mayonnaise for his sandwich when we were having lunch. Today we've actually organized a date night tonight. And silverware and napkins. Wasn't that wonderful? What have I done for my marriage today? Wow, that is a great question. I took the baby while she worked. I suppose I I, I didn't yell at him for anything yeah, at all. Done. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. I've carried my wife's purse. What have you done for your marriage today? What have I done? I listened to my wife uh, when we talked on the telephone today. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. She really likes it when I listen. What have you done for your marriage today? Little things can make a big difference. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. All right. Thank you to Father for sharing that with us. It was a very important topic. But as he said, that book's not just for people who have lost loved ones to suicide, but just people... You know, I was thinking on, uh, while we were talking there that, um, you know, people fear, especially like parents who have children or had children who left the church or, you know, your children whose parents left the church and they die, they pass away, and people are worried about their immortal souls. What happens to them? What, what They live that kind of life away from the church. Right. They were raised Catholic. They left. But what, is, what happens when they go before God? But, uh, you but know. that moment in time, which, again, we know with the Lord, it's it's timeless. It's not our time. Right. That there are chances for uh, reconciliation mm-hmm. with God and, you know. Contrition and, and repentance. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine a soul going before God, actually seeing God face to face and rejecting his mercy. But, right. You know, I guess there are, there are hardened hearts that would, mm-hmm. would do that. I don't know. I just, it's hard for us to understand because we're, you know, try to be faithful. But right. for people who don't have it, when they then go before the Lord in judgment, could they really turn away his mercy? But, you know, that that uh, chapter, that little uh, paragraph from uh, Faustina's diary that we made reference to, that's that's what that is, you know, the, the yeah. soul, but the Lord won't for, force it. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's Again, it's the choice we make. Fear and trembling, that's how I'm going. <laughs> Fearing and trembling. Fearing and trembling. That'll be me uh, laying prostrate on the, on the whatever the cloud is or whatever, whatever it is. Saying, <laughs> At the gate. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Yeah. And, uh, but. But like even with the bishop, though, tomorrow's, there's a new slate, you know, no matter what happened. All the years passed. Tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. A new opportunity. Put on the new man, as mm-hmm. Scripture says. What is that from? Put on the new man. Do you know? It's from one of the Psalms, I believe. Okay, all right. What am I looking at? Protestant? I could second to give you a cite, the, 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 <laughs> just, the chapter and verse. Next week, there's going to be a quiz. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I do believe it's a Psalm. All right. I believe it's not. But I don't know which beautiful. one, yeah, but I believe. A, well, there's I only do. 150 of them, so, yeah, so. I'll, I'll I'll read them tonight. <laughs> in the you know that's the great thing about when I when you pray the liturgy of the hours because you're really basically praying the psalms. That's yeah. how I. And they come back. Yeah, come sure. Back, they they repeat back. every four Rotation. weeks. Rotation. Uh huh. Put on a new man, which is a great great way to live. Put on the new man. Yes. All right. Well, we're gonna head on out of here on this first Friday, and um, this is the month of the Sacred Heart. 
and we have these wonderful feast days coming up, uh, Feast of uh, well, Holy, Trinity. Holy Trinity, then Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. And then finally... The Sacred Heart, too, is in there. Sacred Heart's there, but then finally Ordinary Time. Ah, June 13th, the Feast of St. Anthony. Okay, lots of feast days, too. Well, enjoy your weekend. Uh, I'll be back, God willing, on Tuesday with Come To Me. We'll be back next Friday, God willing. And uh, thanks for being with us today. Have a good weekend.